Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode on the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald. And today I have with me a special guest, Miss Kendra Newman. Welcome, Kendra. Hey, Cassandra. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for, for coming on. So you guys, Kendra and I have uh, connected, I want to say it was last year, I was attending some virtual events and we met through uh a, a business women's type of event. And then eventually we both joined the same mastermind. And from there, uh, Kendra and I connected with it within a coaching client relationship. So we have all these different moving parts of how we are connected. And I always like to share with people like how I know someone. And so I thought it was pretty cool that we've had like this colleague relationship, but then this coach client relationship is it's so cool to do that. Yeah. <laughs> ever evolving, ever changing. It's good. I know. I know. So you guys, just to let you know a little bit about Kendra before I just dive all in, Kendra is a wife, a mother, a daughter, family, friend, cheerleader. I love that friend cheerleader, information, mm-hmm. technology, trainer, facilitator, and project manager, world traveler, and lifestyle coach, which we're going to get into a bit here on the episode. And she is the sum total of all of her experiences using them to live on purpose and dream aloud. And so that is essentially the work that I I know that you do, Kendra, is really helping women to dream aloud and have this uh, soul satisfaction part of their life experience. And so I can't wait to dig into that so people can learn more about what that even means for you and the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to jump right in into first talking about you. Like, how did you get into this arena of wanting to help people in this way? Because I know that's how we initially connected was mm-hmm. both of us building our coaching businesses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really love hearing about you, you've done some ancestral work, you've written books, Mm -hmm. you, and now you're in the coaching um, world where you're, it's like, you're bridging all these gaps. And so I'd love for you to just share with uh, my audience, like, what is it that got you into this world? I think I was born that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just following um, what I was created to do. Um, I come from a long line of historians who tell Mm. the story of our family the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. I happened to be the little girl who was listening and could remember the stories as my grandma told me, as her sister told, because she was the little girl. She was the baby of 14. Oh, my grandmother's sister is the baby of 14. So Mm. I had the, the pleasure of having my great aunt in my life until about three years ago. Mm hmm. So she could tell me stories about my grandmother and my great-grandmother and her grandmother. Mm-hmm. So, and she had articles and clippings. And so I think it's part of my DNA, the storytelling, the encouraging. Yeah. Um, we come from the South 
and they brought their Southern ways to the North. So yeah. they're always helping at one another, helping other people. So when people show up at our house, there's always food for one mm-hmm. more, whether the one more comes <laughs> or not. So when people show at our house, they're like, oh my goodness, they're, they're sharing and they're so nice. And I'm like, that's the way we do it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's because if someone in the family loves you, we will show you love as mm-hmm. well. So I've always been that way. I've always been the cheerleader. I had the third eye to say, oh, well, you should be doing this. Tell my yeah. dad, you should show that barbecue sauce. You should do this. And I watched my dad being a jack of all trades. Yeah. He can do it all. And um, I kept saying, you need to monetize it. You need to yeah. monetize it. Yeah. Before I had the word monetize. Yeah. And um, so I've been telling my friend, she did my hair for years. I would tell everybody, oh, Kiwanda did it. I went to Kiwanda's kitchen. I said, she's trying to be an accountant. <laughs> I'm like, sis, you need to do hair. Yeah. You're so creative. Mm-hmm. Took her 10 years, but now that's all she does. Just yeah. the serial, serial entrepreneur in the beauty world. And she's doing excellently. So I've, I've always been able to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a creative. Yeah. And I'm a tech person. So it's such a beautiful combination too, because <laughs> so many people are so one-sided when it comes yeah. to one of those. And I love how you're able to like tap into both because they use different sides mm-hmm. of the brain. And I'm like, man, you're able to like tap into both sides of your brain. That's so cool. <laughs> it's okay if you're only one-sided. It's yeah, okay. it is. But the fact that I am, I don't know what you call it, the, the bilateral person who can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes for interesting life because mm-hmm. you can always, so I can sew, I can crochet, I can do all of these things. But my parents always steered me into the technical, well, the, the math, because mm-hmm. I was good in math and science. Mm-hmm. So they were thinking about money and how you make your career. Yeah. And so that's the way I, I went. And I started out as an engineer, hated it. But this mm. was in college because I like to talk. I like to see people. I like to talk to people. So I switched over to telecommunications. So that's the voice and data. <laughs> <laughs> but I really got into project management. But what happened is in project management, you are a leader mm-hmm. without authority. Mm. So you're actually just coaching. Mm. You're coaching people above you. Yeah. People who are your leaders, your executives, and people who are in, at your level and your peers. Mm-hmm. So you have to learn to coach. You have to learn to have influence. Right. And so I've been doing that. So I'm certified PMP and I really like the stakeholder management piece. So when mm. I teach, when I teach the stakeholder management piece just comes alive. Why? Yeah. Because it's dealing with human resources and people yeah. and how they interact. So I've always been coaching. Yeah. So last year I decided I would get certified in coaching mm-hmm. and the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking, well, I really wanted to figure out how it was to work from home. I'm yeah. loving that. So I still have my full-time job as an IT project manager. Mm-hmm. And I started my coaching program, wrote a book about history mm-hmm. and black folks yeah. and how dope we are. Yes. And so out of that was birth my 
my coaching program, mm -hmm. which is to live your dreams because yeah. we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. That part. But it's not enough just to be their wildest dreams. It's even more important that you live yours because theirs was snatched away from them. Yes. So that's why I called my business, well, my brand is Dream Aloud. Mm -hmm. So it's A-L-O-U-D. I love so, that. Because you don't have to tell your story. You don't have to tell everything you know. Yeah. But if you're actually following your dreams, they will see it. It'll scream. Yeah. I'm lived, I'm dreaming aloud. Yeah. yeah. There's also a play on words with the A-L-L-O-W. Mm. sometimes we don't like give ourselves giving permission that part i knew you was gonna go there <laughs> we don't you know, give ourselves like, permission <laughs> to yeah. dream yeah infinitely yeah it's so true you start you find yourself start dreaming oh no that could never happen yeah oh my that i would never do that yeah why we put ourselves in a box yeah yeah. When and you actually, know, there is no box. Yeah. And you know, with the work that I've done and you experienced some of it, yes. but I'm all about confronting the conditioning where it's like, yes. we've been so conditioned to be a certain way and do certain things and only have a certain type of life. And so I love that you're, you're mm -hmm. really sending out this message of like, look at this opportunity we have. And aligning that with what our ancestors experienced. Because when you really sit back and think about that, it does kind of make you feel like, like I almost owe it to them to live mm -hmm. out what it is in my heart, whatever my desires and my dreams are. Because if I don't, it's almost like, was that for nothing? Was that in vain? And so I love exactly. how you connect that together. Because I feel mm -hmm. like sometimes people need that dramatic, you know, reality check where it's like, look, this is the reality. This is what our ancestors experienced. And this is the opportunity we now have. What are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. And we owe it to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We owe it to ourselves because once you realize the price that was paid for you to take up certain spaces, that part, we owe it to ourselves, yes. which is how it bought me to you. Because I'm <laughs> pushing everybody else, I'm putting them all first. They're climbing the ladders, they're doing all yeah. that they were born to do. Yeah. And everybody's applauding me. They're like, Yeah, yeah, go, go, you're doing well. Yeah. But as a coach, you are also an aware person. Mm -hmm. So you have to be aware of your triggers, mm -hmm. your limitations. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like there's always room for improvement. Yes. And there's more. Yeah. I always feel like there's more. Yeah. And like, as you say, you, we, we never arrive. Yeah, we don't. Like you get to one space and this is good. Mm -hmm. And lots of people think they've arrived and they stay there. Yeah. And to me, but that's I always settling. want the more. Yeah. And so I know you're a God girl and I'm a God girl. So mm -hmm. I, I spent a lot of time just looking for the reality mm. in God's word. Yeah. I'm not interested in religion. I'm yeah. not interested in tradition. I'm interested in the power. Yes. So when he, he talks about going from glory to glory, that's the more. Yeah. And lots of people just give it up. And so my thing is, I don't want to get to the throne and 
play back my video and, and the Lord says, look at all the stuff you could have had, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. thought you arrived. Mm-hmm. So in this coaching journey, in this starting a new business, COVID, thinking about all of the things that are going on and what I want for my life next. And I tell you, I'm, I'm making the most money that I've ever made in my regular career. Yeah. Because I followed my dreams. I love but I that. still felt like there was more. And so as I was asking other people, pulling that out of them, I said, what do I want more for myself? Mm. where are my triggers so I've already addressed my triggers because I've done diversity inclusion pieces too right so I know when they come up yeah so the triggers always show up when you're doing something new yeah it's a part it's a part of the fear package Mm -hmm. and so I kept reminding myself well you were very confident in this area what happened yeah what's going on so I show up in a in an arena with them bunch of powerhouses mm-hmm. I used to be in the powerhouse right so mm-hmm. I show up in arena and bunch of powerhouse what do I do every time I show up in arena a bunch of powerhouses I say nothing mm. I shrink back I'm an observer that's a good thing mm-hmm. I watch people and I can figure out what I want and what I don't want right and talk to the people that I want to talk to and figure out what I want to do yeah but the next level is to show up for myself fully yes, yes. everywhere yes not just for my clients, not for other people. Yeah. And so we were in a breakout together. <laughs> <laughs> she just unfolded the whole story. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you told me what you do. Yeah. For the empathic soul. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of empathic. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah. And then you were saying, show up for yourself. And I told you that my husband asked me to go to lunch in the middle of this. Only have an hour. Yeah. I should have said no. Yeah. But I said yes because I didn't want him to think that I shunned him for the whole three days. Yeah. Yeah. And what's an hour? Which means I would have to rush and all of that. And instantly yeah. you said, You're my ideal client. <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I am. And I think I waited about three or four days. Yeah. And the prompting of the spirit is like, that's your girl. That's your girl. That's your girl. And I just spent money on this, this mastermind. Yeah. And you guys, for those who are like, I know some people in my community are a split between in the business world, but also still employed. And so some may be unfamiliar as to what type of investments those look like. And so they're their um, upward of five-figure investments. And I didn't have much time left because I still have a full-time job. Yeah. In which I am coaching my teams. And then I had my own clients one-on-one and they were doing excellently. So the whole thing is um, I want to climb as they climb. I don't want to continue to give the same type of service. I want to always be a better me, the best me yeah. that I can be. And um, so I really came to you to just get to the bottom of what it is every time I start something new that mm-hmm. I have to give myself the pet talk, that I have to work out, have to show up. And I'm an only child and yeah. I like me. So yeah. I like being alone and I yeah. like with myself as Iyala Vance says it, 
I am perfectly fine with myself. Yes. I was perfectly fine in this pandemic when other people were crazy about not going out. I was walking and listening to books and reading books. I was a happy camper. My husband, on the other hand, was crazy. Thank goodness (laughs) he's a truck driver. He has his own business. So he was still working, Mm -hmm. but it just drove him crazy that he couldn't do stuff afterwards. And I still am totally fine. So I thank God for the opportunity to realize that, yes, working from home is for me. Yeah, yeah. It is absolutely for me. And I was saying, you know, Lord, I'd I'd like to have an opportunity to figure that out. I'm sorry I had to take the whole world along with me to figure that out. But (laughs) during the pandemic, that's what I realized. And Mm -hmm. um, just I had time. I had time to the commuting time, which I do spend just like praying or singing or whatever. um, That commute time was cut. Mm -hmm. So I had a little time. So I went ahead and started my um, journey as a client, Yeah, working on my self-love. Well, I have to tell you, Kendra, when you, when you push the discovery, schedule the discovery call with me, I actually know a Kendra Newman from my hometown. And so I thought it was this person scheduling. So when we got onto the Zoom and I saw it was you, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised because we had chatted in that breakout room not too long beforehand. And like I said, I was thinking it was a Kendra Newman from my hometown. And so when I saw it was you when we got on Zoom and connected, I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. (laughs) And it was so interesting, too, because sometimes I forget what I say in the moment with people because I'm so present in the moment. And for me, just hearing you say, you know, repeating back what I was saying to you during that breakout session, you know, I'm like, wow, it's, it's like a reminder of when you feel that nudge to, to speak and to say something, because you never know how it's going to land for someone else. Right. It's not for you. It's for the person that you're speaking to. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't do it, who will? Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, I tell my clients all the time. The world is waiting for you. Yeah, you you have a gift to dispense that someone else needs. Yeah. So if you don't give it, how would I know if you didn't tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Now you you told us in the group what you do, and I was like, hmm, it sounds like something I'd be interested in. Yeah. But that was that was the the extent that I thought we were going to go, but, Mm -hmm. and like you said, that nudge to speak, my nudge was to, was to um, book a call. Yeah. And um, make an even bigger investment than what I already did. Not that your investment was bigger than the mastermind, but that was on top of Of what you were already doing. Yeah. Yes. So, um, and I, I, I just want to pause for that too, for a moment. Cause when you did that to me, I felt like it was such a defining moment for you on your journey of how devoted you are to your path and the work that you do, mm-hmm. because to already be investing in this one thing and then saying, okay, I'm doing this for my business, but now I'm doing this for me. And that's to me, like, what it means to be a leader and a coach, because you're not just thinking about 
building the structure and the frame, but you're also thinking about the person in it. And I loved that you were thinking about like, okay, but what about the woman who's building this thing? And Mm -hmm. so many people I see are so focused on achieving and the outcome and the destination and the the number that they forget there's a woman behind the scenes building the thing. And that's what I'm all about. It's like, we got to keep the woman going because the woman's the one doing it. (laughs) My question for life has always been, what's it all for? Yeah. What's it all for? Yeah. So, okay. So you're good in school. You get the straight A's. You do all of these things. You've checked all the boxes. You have the C-level suite in the corner with all of the windows. But mm-hmm. what's it all for? Yeah. If you're not happy. Yeah. What's it all? What are you doing it all for? So the business is good. Mm-hmm. The, the career is good. But if I show up in certain spaces and say nothing. Mm. And I don't even think that I felt like I was worthless or worthless. Yeah. My thing is, um, I think we called it the wig when I was talking. That was, yeah. you know, I, I have natural hair, so I don't worry about the hair. You know, there's certain <laughs> women who won't show up without their wig. Yeah. They won't let yeah. people see that. Yeah. So it's less than a mask, but still it's covering. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, I'm just going to, this is what I usually do. I sit back, I take notes and then I go off and do my own thing. And bam, here I am. I told you about that too. I like to stunt every now and then. Yeah. But why not stunt daily? Yeah. Yeah. And it feels good. Yes. It feels good. And I'm qualified. (laughs) You're qualified. It's, it's not a fake. It's it's not a fake. It's not a front. So why not own it? Yes. And so doing that work with you, I realized, well, I, I kind of knew some of this, but I realized that I was internalizing a lot of things that other people had placed on me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't come from a traumatic background. Again, I'm an only child. My parents were married 11 years before I was born. Yeah. So I was the one going, no more love. Leave me alone, please. Yeah. Let me think for myself. I can do it for myself. They yes. wanted to do everything. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've always been that independent thinker. So I always ask the question, what's it all for? Yeah. What are we doing this for? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I've watched, again, I'm a people watcher. So I've watched people in their careers. I'm not in corporate. I never wanted to be in corporate because I never wanted to do the tap dance. So I think um, nonprofit is a little too docile for me because yeah I feel like they don't want enough yeah and if I were like a director that of a nonprofit, I would hustle my people so hard yeah because the paycheck I really need the paycheck because I like to travel I I have a lot of things I like to do so middle of the road is higher ed and I tried to avoid the corporate but you find some people who want to treat it like corporate. Yeah. You find people who did not make it well in corporate. So they bring their mentality there. Yeah. Um, and each time I knew, I knew I'm qualified. So I would always do what I'm supposed to do, but I didn't want to go to the after hours events. Mm-hmm. You have to do some of those things. So yeah. I suck it up every now and then. Um, But I saw certain people giving their lives, giving their children. They had nannies. Yeah. They were at work. 
14, 16 hours a day, mm. never saw their children, never wow. saw their parents. Wow. And this is a university. So you have the opportunity to have weekends, yeah. holidays off. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Mm. And they're paying for it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been a, somebody's mother since I was 18. Yeah. Two months before my 19th birthday, I gave birth to my son. So he's always been first. Mm-hmm. so I picked jobs you know I could you know I can relate to that. that and we didn't know all of this before I started coaching with you no so I know if you're obedient to the prompting God will hook you up yeah yeah because I was I got pregnant with my son at 19 so it's very similar mm-hmm. age so when you range. told your story I could feel that I, I heard that and and so women we give up everything yeah and, but I, I felt that, you know, my other saying is my son could tell you this. Mama got to have a life too. From baby boy the Yes. Movie. I love that when she's sitting in the garden with her wine. And that's like my favorite. And I, have a gar- I have a garden. <laughs> and so this summer I was going out to my garden and my husband went out to do something. And my son was visiting. He uh-huh. yelled at the window, Mike, don't go to that garden. It's her baby boy garden. Stay away from me. <laughs> And he goes, mama has to have a life too. So he knows that mama has to have a life too. So I did take weekends, a weekend, maybe a quarter where no one called mommy. Mm-hmm. No one needed to get up early. And it, yeah. I didn't have mon- a lot of money. So I did what I could do. But, you know, I took advantage of some of my my advantages that my aunt had for working for U.S. Air so I could fly to Bermuda because my boyfriend was from Bermuda. I could fly to Bermuda for a weekend and do that kind of thing, but it just helped me to come back and be a better person. But I had decided that I would visit my son in college, Mm -hmm. not in prison. That part. Because I was going to spend my time with him. Yeah. We, we, I picked jobs and locations where we live so that he could be safe and yeah. get the right education and we yeah. be around family because it's only me. So yeah. someone could pick him up and he could feel loved. And yeah. All of these things. I did the same thing, girl. Yeah. <laughs> was so picky, even about, yes. um, you know, I remember there was a time where with my son, I was fighting for him to get into this um, gifted program in the school and they, you know, didn't have a lot of black folks at that school. When they see the brown people. But my son was, you know, he's always been very intelligent and mm-hmm. um, above average when it came to his academics. And he was at this school that they were trying to say, oh, well, it's one street over from the line. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, what we're not going to do is that line right. stuff. <laughs> right. So I, he got in there because I basically, it got to the point right. where I had to threaten to take it to the news and the papers. I'm like, this is, this is not right. And they eventually got him in there, but just, I can just hear like the advocacy behind your voice, even for your, Mm -hmm. your child. But then even I'm even knowing that that has to translate over when it comes to your work, because I feel like it's an innate thing when we have that advocacy spirit of Mm -hmm. like, we're going to advocate and we're going to promote for what we believe in. And I see you doing that with your work where you're like, live your life, live your dreams, like get out there and do it. (laughs) Life is short. Yeah. Life is short. And again, we have 
something else in common, the gifted and talented. I have another, I have a gifted and talented story with my son too. It's just, we, we, you have to do that. And yeah. I believe there are no do-overs no. for your children. No. And I never, that's another thing that I always tell women, follow your dreams and don't have any regret. Yeah. So now we've had regrets before. So you know what it feels like moving forward. Let's not have any regrets. So I didn't want to regret raising my son or not raising my son, letting someone yeah. else do it. Yeah. So he became my priority. And um, after he actually went to the college that I worked at, so that was free. So wow. I'm always doing that too, trying to figure out how we can, That's how amazing. We can get things for free. So that yes. was free. Um, I love that. I hung in there. And so I had the opportunity to um, learn from a toxic environment because he was yeah. in college. So, um, but I was in a leadership role with the target on my back because I was mm. a director mm-hmm. and a black woman. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd been at this university for a long, long time, but I left central IT and went to a college. Mm. So when I went to a professional college that a school that has professional um, schools in in with it, it's like it was a college of public health, yeah, professional school of social work, all of these things, just piling work on me and not enough work, not enough people to help me, mm. not enough tools, and I would not let it slide because I yeah. was not going to drop. Um, that's when I decided that. Um, where I've been, other people are going to go. Yeah. Um, I wish I had gotten a mentor sooner. Yeah. The first thing I, I talked to a lady, an older black lady, told her what was going on with me. She said, you're giving up your power. Mm. You can't give up your power. I went back the next day to a meeting talked over top of the people like they talked over top of me my boss comes in and says that's a really you did a really good job I said oh all I needed to do was be rude just imagine how much further I would have been if I had a mentor yeah before that and I feel like that's part of you know so many of our journeys as black women navigating professional settings I remember that stark difference for me when I did not have that mentorship. And then when I met Mm -hmm. my former professional mentor, my former career, Mm -hmm. and it was like the moment she, she just poured into me. It's like, she saw something in me and my career that I had at that moment took off to another direction because I had guidance and I had someone telling me the ins and outs who had been there for 30 plus years and knew all the things and the politics and all that. It was like, you need to do this. You need to do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. But when you don't know what you don't know, it's challenging to navigate spaces that you're just trying to do what you know to do. And that's exactly what I was going to say. My favorite thing is you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so um, I was so good at what I did and figuring it out in the tech world that I didn't know that I also had people sponsoring me in rooms where I wasn't in until I got into that director's role. Yeah. It became very apparent that I didn't have sponsors. Yeah. It became very apparent that, oh, this is the racism that people are talking about. And I was about 32, 33 when I realized 
that this is, I, I started my professional career at 25. So I'd made it about seven, maybe eight years just doing my thing. Yeah. Because in technology, if you're in the right space without a title, then you get the advocacy that you need. Mm. As long as you're not shining too much. Mm. See, I learned how not to do that. Yeah. And so just that one conversation with a seasoned woman who was in the know. Yeah propelled me so much further. Then I went to a Black Women's Summit complaining about my position. Mm -hmm. The lady said, stop. Your job is done there. Move on. Yeah. My, my heart was beating. I'm like, really? You know, but she had done it. She'd lost everything. She'd come back. Um, so just from those two experiences alone. Yeah. I realized that you can go further faster. Yeah. Yeah. With a mentor, with a coach. Yeah. And so I don't hesitate now. If I see someone in a position to help me to mm. go further faster, I'm worth the investment. So that's Ooh. the one thing I have. You have to figure out that you're worth the investment. Yes. I'm so glad you so. said that, Kendra, because I hear so many women I've had, I was, I was talking to my accountability partner this year and I, I literally went through and counted the discovery calls I had and I was doing my percentages, you know, like how many discovery calls I had and how many actually said yes to themselves. And I told her, I said, it breaks my heart. I recall the conversations of women talking themselves out of investing into themselves. And I knew exactly where they were, you know, being as empathic as we are and discerning, you know, I knew exactly what was going on within themselves. And it breaks my heart because I know what space you're in when you're mm -hmm. talking yourself out of doing something for you and yeah. it's really just a matter of knowing your worth and value it knowing sometimes yeah so many people feel like it's um they get into the the head game you know the, they let the limiting beliefs and the inner critic you know start talking and saying well, well, well you should be spending on this and you can go on a vacation you could do this but in their soul, their soul is saying something different, but because they don't feel enough or they don't feel worthy, then they talk themselves out of it. And so I love that you said, like, I know I'm worth the investment. That right there. <laughs> the other thing is they exalt the cost. Yeah. So you're supposed to bring everything into captivity, everything mm -hmm. that exalts itself mm. above. The knowledge and so we keep exalting cost yeah. things yeah and that again that shows you what how we value ourselves and i've been there yeah i've been there because oh i can just get a book then i don't need to spend that however yeah. if my son needed this very same thing you would do what you got to do to get it i would do what i have to do yeah. If my father need, I have my three kings, my father, my husband, my son. I love that. <laughs> so if my father needed anything, he's got it. Yeah. If my husband needs something, I'm like, well, let's make this work. But yeah. for me, the, the instant I, I feel like um, this is the way I used to think. Um, I don't need that. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So you're putting yourself last. Mm-hmm. And I did that for 
a great number of years. I've spent a lot of money on a lot of things. Yeah. But not me first. Mm. Mm. And I mean, my, my mission is when you change the life of a woman, you change the life of an entire family. You really do because we are, I, you know how I feel about women. I'm always saying like, we are the most powerful beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. And I've believed that since I was a little girl, you know, and part of that was the experiences I had growing up, um, the traumatic experiences. And I had like this innate belief that we are so powerful and I, and I wanted to go back to something you said. You said you didn't have the traumatic background, yet you still noticed you had internalized some things. And that's something that I wanted to highlight because I hear people feel like coaching or just getting any type of guidance has to mean that something is quote unquote wrong with you or right. that you've experienced right. this tragedy, tragedy or trauma. Right. And that's not what it's about. It's really about, like you said, from glory to glory, having more what's next. And so I wanted to just touch on that a little bit about you noticing, like, it's not about having some type of traumatic background. It's really about me recognizing this is where I am right now. And I also know I have this vision for more. Right. And people also have to understand that Coaching is not therapy. No, no, ma'am. And I have, to correct, <laughs> I have to correct people all the time. I have an awesome client who won't give me a testimonial because she feels like it's personal and therapy is personal. Dear, yeah. coaching is not therapy. It's not. And I've had clients where literally they're going to their therapist and they're coming to me and their therapist knows about me. I know about their therapist. We know what work we're doing and they're separate. And it's knowing that distinction between the two. And a coach, a real coach, an effective coach will not coach to someone's mental issues. Mm -mm. They will, they should have a team where they can refer you to get the help that you need if you need a therapist but a coach recognizes that you are the expert in your life Mm -hmm. that you are the ceo and you can change your life making one decision at a time one executive decision Mm -hmm. at a time Mm -hmm. and so being the ceo of my life I knew I needed to go higher. I needed to show up yeah. better yeah. for myself. I got on this, and we're talking about technology, but everybody has the, um, you all have the multi-factor authentication now, right? So when you call your <laughs> bank, yeah, they won't let you just get on or you go online, you log in, they're going to call you first to make mm-hmm. sure that it's you. Mm-hmm. So that's two-factor authentication. So I was put on this project that the whole university has to get on, right? So I have two assistant vice presidents on this call. I have all the directors on the call. And I literally was like, okay, I hope everybody knows that I know my stuff. Yeah. And I was preparing like the night before and getting up in the morning and reminding myself of who I am and whose I am before I get on this call. After my coaching with you, and I dug deep into that. <laughs> I just show up and ah, take up my space. I love it. There is no need. <laughs> they're just people. Now I've been telling myself that forever, and I know that they're just people. Yeah. And they 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 pick me. I didn't pick myself. I didn't 
put myself, they picked me. And I was just thinking, no, I like the, the I like the positions where I'm just working with the construction workers yeah. or so-and-so. And so I had to show up as my full self. And I honestly wasn't. I was mm. tripping over my words. I was trying to make sure everything was good. Got yeah. my 90 days in. And I won't, I didn't have to wait my 90 days. Yeah. About 40 days in working with you, mm-hmm. I started showing up. Yeah. I noticed a huge shift even online, you know, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to speak on that, like the transformation you experienced in our work, because I noticed in the middle of our work together, you start, it was like this boldness online when it came Mm -hmm. to promoting even your coaching work in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like there was this boldness, like I'm here and I'm taking up space. Like I just yeah. started sensing that from you with your posts, the way that you were showing up. And I was like, okay, there's a shift. She shifted. Yeah. <laughs> and I, If you know, if you would ask the people that know me, mm-hmm. um, they probably didn't see a shift. They already saw that superwoman. Mm. It's the people who don't know me. Yeah. Didn't see that. And I always taught myself that they don't need to see that. Mm. I'm gonna stun on you later anyway so Mm. you know so that was my thing I'm gonna stun on you later but at the end of the day it was me not conquering that new arena fear Mm. I always have to sit back and get comfortable first Mm. and I don't want to sit back and be comfortable first Mm. I'm gonna show up because I know who I am and whose I am that part without the pep talk so what happens I needed that support to dig down to see what was going on yeah and so I would run a few times get my stuff together and then something may trigger in my personal life that would send me back to maybe I'm not who I say I am Mm. maybe I'm not what I say I am and like again the coaching that I had with you took me to a spot where that wasn't my issue yeah that, that wasn't was, your voice. It was what was put on me and I was listening to it. Yeah. And there's a million times that I thought I had been delivered from the opinions of others. Mm. But That's every now word. and then I'd find myself back in that spot. And again, two-parent household, all of this. But then I had to look back at how my parents were raised. Yeah. So they raised me in the church. What's the first thing they tell you? Don't think too highly of them. Don't you ought, you ought not think highly as highly, more highly than you ought of yeah. yourself. Yeah. So okay, so I've always been grounded in that area, and I'm good with that. Okay. So if it says more highly than you ought, that means that I can take credit for some of, for the things that I've done, not some of the things for the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. But I come from a place where we don't brag. Mm-hmm. You don't tell your story now. And again, my family tells their history. So it's okay for me to tell Cat Daniel's story, who was my great, 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 great grandfather. Mm -hmm. It's okay for me to tell Miles Newman's story, who was my great, great grandfather, great grandfather, because this man gave land Mm. for the colored people to have a church and school. That's so in the 1800s. 
to even know and that. Yes. That's huge, Kendra. They erected a <laughs> monument for him at the church that we have. And so wow. my job is to be the town crier and let everybody know that it's still for the colored people. No church can take this away. Yeah. It does not belong. We need to keep this. There's a cemetery there. So we brag on that. Yeah. But my great aunt that I told you about, my grandma's baby sister, mm-hmm. her husband was in World War II one of the Red Ball Express people. I've never heard of the Red Ball Express until he at church. He's been in my life for almost 50 years. I could have been asking about that. We don't brag about ourselves. Mm. And so what I realized is that our heroes are right around us. Well, we keep looking far and wide. Yeah. And people have done such great things, but we've been taught not to tell that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that, that notion of be humble and, you know, don't, don't be too loud. Don't be too this. Don't be too that. And I love how your, your messaging is dream aloud. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to be loud when you're celebrating. It's a difference between, I feel like there's a difference between celebrating and bragging. Like bragging yeah. has like this negative connotation to it, but celebrating is almost like honoring something. It's honoring right. the win. It's honoring the glory. It's honoring, right. you know, the good. And we should celebrate. Yeah. And that's another thing that I had to learn to do. Celebrate yeah. my wins. Yeah. I would because always I ask, what, what are you going to do to celebrate that? <laughs> Because, you know, my favorite thing, and I tell my son that too, I tell my husband, anybody who says they're doing this or that, I'm like, you don't get a cookie for that. You're supposed to yeah. do that. And But why did I say that? Because, because you were that's conditioned. that's the way I was raised. Yeah. And no one ever said to me, you don't get a cookie for that. Mm. But I learned it. I yeah. learned that. So yeah. they don't, it's not always what people say to you. Yeah. That you pick up. Yeah. It's, it's the observation. Yeah. Now I know my my mother was proud of me. She'd take my report cards to school and this and that, and they would celebrate me. But what I learned was that's for us to celebrate. You don't have to go out and just show the world. You don't have to be a braggart. I guess that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. And so I learned to pull back because, like I said, my dad is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't know that because he's been taught not to think so highly of himself yeah a lot of us have been I I feel Mm -hmm. like that's even a layer I'm still constantly having Mm -hmm. to unlearn for myself as I ascend to higher levels it's like what they say new levels new devils (laughs) you get to a new level and then there there it is again you know it's something else and so um I really love how you even just speak about being willing to take yourself there so that you can, it's like, as you get higher, you want to take yourself higher, not just your business higher, not just your goals, but take the woman Kendra higher. And then as you're meeting people on your journey, your clients or the people you've been called to serve, you can meet them where they're at because you've been taking yourself higher in your own journey. That's, that's what it's for. Why do we work? Why do we have a business? Why do we have any of those things? Yeah. It's because we deserve joy. 
And if you're not doing the things that bring you joy, you might want to reconsider what you're doing. So I always tell my, tell my clients to make a list. One side is the things that you do, the things that bring you joy. Yeah. The other side is a list of things that you do daily. Yeah. And compare those, that list. Yeah. And then make adjustments. Because mm-hmm. why are we here? If I work all day and I make a lot of money and I'm not happy with my life. Yeah. Why, did, why am I even doing this? Yeah. Because I could work in corporate, but I know I would be miserable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work a million hours. I don't want to work weekends. I want to enjoy my life. I like to spend time with my family. So I already know this is the lifestyle that I want. Yeah. The lifestyle that I want says I can travel when I want. I don't have to get up on Saturday and Sunday early if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Well, at least I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. The people that I love are around me. When I go to the grocery store or wherever I go, whatever I want, I'm not calculating the cost yeah. and see what, what money I have to move around. Yeah. That's what that's what's important to me. Yeah. Now, that may not be important to other people, but the thing is, you are a unique person. Yeah. And so what's important to you should be what you do. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're following all these people. We're deciding what what's more important to other people. So I always say, follow your heart to your soul yes. satisfying lifestyle, yes. not the status quo. Because if you follow the status quo, there's a lot of rich people that are miserable. Who are miserable. Yeah, I've shared there are a this- lot of people who look like they're happy, but they're not. Yeah, I've shared this story um, in our group before where I had a client who this year, her business is close to seven figures. And, you know, when she came to me, I was almost like, what you coming to me for? Like, I'm trying to get seven figures, (laughs) but she's not, she was not happy. She, you know, she's, she looks like on the picture to have what everyone would want. You know, she's a wife, she's got two young kids. She's got the successful thriving business, but behind the scenes, the woman had been sacrificed you know, the Mm -hmm. happiness, the joy, the peace. And for me, it was almost like this validation of my own work of why we have to make sure that we're checking in with the woman because we can get so caught up in these external things of building our life externally that Mm -hmm. it's almost like building a wall around yourself. And then you look up and you feel like you're imprisoned inside your own life. And I love how you keep talking about happiness and your lifestyle and being soul satisfied, because at the end of the day, we came here with self and we leave with self and all this other stuff in the world, it don't come with us. (laughs) So we got to figure out what we want. (laughs) Exactly. A soul satisfied, a satisfied soul, the lifestyle that you have when your soul is satisfied, it's like a drug. Mm -hmm. If you ever get a taste of satisfaction, I, I compare it to crack. I'm always <laughs> looking for the next high, the next high. And the oh, minute that goodness. things feel uncomfortable, I, I don't quit. Yeah. But I'm looking for how can I fix this? How can I make this a satisfying experience for my soul? Yeah. Because yeah. you just talked about your client. And she has all of those things. 
and it all looks good and everybody's happy but her yeah her soul is suffocating yeah 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 so we did that I call it soul work we had to do yes. some soul work where it's like ma'am you are disconnected yes. from you yourself that's why you see those people who live on an island Mm-hmm. there's no one around they have yeah. some puppies and they're happy and you go that's weird that's weird for you yeah but for them they're happy for them it is everything yeah and so we have to stop comparing it and I hate that's why I hate the word normalize you know mm-hmm. the post normalize this normalize that that's the problem we keep normalizing stuff and we're not normal yeah we yeah. should not be normal that's why everybody looks different. That's yeah. why every snowflake is different because fingerprint. No one, yes, there is. They, they look similar. Yeah, but everything is totally different, and so that's why I just feel like um, there's always room to work. There's always room to grow, and if you get just a little taste of that soul satisfaction, where your soul is like. Yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. This feels excellent. Yes. I feel that every time I stand at a podium and teach my family about our history, oh, not everybody else says, when I stand before the Johnson McFarland McQueen family and I tell the story, when it's all over, I'm like, I was born to do this. Yes, it lights you up. Yes. When I, when I talk about the African diaspora, and how we built everything on all of these continents. Literally everything. Yes. Literally. And it's been covered up and we're looking to be all these other things. But when when I stand there and I tell people and I show people and I see other people doing it, I feel it. When I'm watching TV and some Black kid gets on against all odds and shows up and just tears up the spelling bee or gets all of these ivy leaves that's who we are i well up with tears why because that's my soul saying you were meant to do this work yeah and until people feel that until they find that within themselves they're just going along life chasing i feel like people are chasing something That's what I've, and I don't know if you notice that in your work too, but I've noticed it seems like people are chasing something and it's almost like this. um, I, I, I see like the, the carrot being dangled in front of them where it's like, you're never going to catch it because that's not for you anyway. And it's like, you just got to get still for a minute sometimes with yourself and figure that out for yourself. Yeah. My clients know that there's more. Yeah. My clients know that um, they have gifts and talents and they don't know which one to go after first. Yeah. And they know that their dream is waiting for them, but they don't know how to revive it. Mm-hmm. And so, because their soul is nudging them. Mm-hmm. They, I'm suffocating in here. Yeah. Their soul is like, I cannot breathe. And you know, we should be doing this. Yeah. And like I said, once they get a taste, they're off to the races. Yeah. They're soaring, they're smashing their goals because it's no other feeling. I tell you, I've never smoked crack, but the way that they explain it, <laughs> the way that they explain it. You crack me up when you the say same that. Thing. <laughs> it's the same thing when you're when your soul is satisfied. Yeah. And so, you know, there's 
I always, you know, the there's a scripture that gave me the rhema because I know that life is short, mm-hmm. no matter how long you live. Yeah. But my mother died at 53. Mm. She was 53. I'm 51 now. Wow. I'll be 52 in January. But I learned at that age, you know, she already taught me that life was short and that you don't go to bed mad and you say, I love you. And yeah. you kiss. So, so I had no regrets when she died. She yeah. had cancer, but I had no regrets. But the whole thing was, there were a lot of things that she wanted to do and mm. she didn't yeah. because she allowed someone else to talk her out of it mm. or there's not enough money. Yeah. Usually my dad, because he didn't have the vision that yeah. she did. And she fought for the house that we had because he wanted just a regular old rancher. She was like, no, he said, well, if you can find better, you do it. And she did. So, you know, but I'm just thinking, what if she had followed all that she dreamed of mm-hmm. and died fully, even at 53? Yeah. Life is short. Time is running out. Yeah, You need to go and do what you were called to do. Yeah. So as Miles Monroe always talks about living fully and dying empty because the yeah. wealthiest place is at the cemetery with all the books that haven't been written yeah. and all the dreams that people let go of. Yeah, And I decided at 22, I'm not going to be that person. I'm going to die empty. So because I do creative stuff and technical stuff, I got a lot to do. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I focus on that sum total leverage of every experience that you have. You can dispense it all and you may not want to do it all, but at least try it. And if you don't get that rush and your soul goes, yes, we're satisfied now then move on to the next thing yeah but don't quit people think don't quit yeah don't, don't quit. quit don't give up I feel like don't you just quit. gave us a whole sermon <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole word for the soul <laughs> yes soul satisfaction yes. and get your help where you need to get your help because my soul couldn't be satisfied if I was still shrinking in certain mm. areas mm. because how would people know what I do if I come on social media and I'm so humble mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, I have a little coaching business. Yeah. How would I get ready to stunt with those AVPs and get the multi-factor authentication out there? It feels a lot better going there now yeah. with the tools that I got yeah. from my self-love journey because, and I always know like God loves me. Yeah. So I want to live like I'm loved. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice to declare it, name it and claim it, but there's work to be done. Yeah. And so the work said that I needed to get some coaching. I love And it. I'm glad I did because it was 90 days and I started showing up immediately. It was like, and I tell you, I saw the shift. I felt it. Yeah. I saw it. And. I feel proud of you, but I also feel honored that I got to hold space for you because you have such a big light and purpose and calling on your life. And so I felt very honored that I got to hold space with you and walk alongside Mm -hmm. of you on your journey as you grow and expand and do what you've been called to serve. And it's, it's been a complete honor for me because I don't take it lightly when people trust to invest with me and I see as I take myself higher, even the women that are coming into my world, you know, y'all are badasses. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
And so uh, it's an honor for me to be able to hold space Mm -hmm. and to walk alongside and to witness, you know, the transformation that you experience and that this is you doing your work. You know, I feel like I'm just a guide. I'm just here to say, you can do this, go do all the things and then go fly. And <laughs> now I just want to say to all the other badasses, if you're considering coaching and you know that you're good in every area, mm-hmm. but you're, you haven't been loving yourself the way that you should, mm-hmm. you haven't been valuing yourself or creating the boundaries mm. and setting the standards yeah. for the way that other people treat you. Yeah. You owe it to yourself to do the coaching, invest in yourself because I, I feel so much better. Aww. And and I, I just, you know, my life wasn't bad. Like I yeah. said, I am a badass. I was doing a lot of things. I'm still teaching. I'm still coaching. I'm still doing all the project management work I can find. I'm still traveling, mm-hmm. but it just feels better. And when the next round comes along, I'll have that nudge and it'll be time for me. But I will never hesitate to invest in myself yeah. again. And so just that the mentoring that I had a few years ago showed me that I should be doing some coaching as well and I was on the fence oh nobody has that much money to spend but then I thought about it how much did I spend over here how much did I spend on this person then how much did I spend on that person yeah even getting into the mastermind um I thought about it on a Saturday and then Sunday I woke up like well you've done it for everybody else yeah and it was scary yeah, it was scary. It is scary because I had not put that in my budget. I had not um, set that up. But then I think about what I'm learning and it's really good. Yeah. And the networking that I have done, the connections that I made, and I would not have met you probably any yeah. other way. Yeah. And um, it took courage not, you know, not to book the call but here here it is somebody is your colleague somebody is a fellow member so to say I could have said well I'll find somebody like her who's not my mastermind to do that but that's not what I was prompted to do so whatever's in your heart to do where you are prompted to do it do it yeah yeah and I love what you said too about um it doesn't matter, you know, the fact that we were in the same group that you still felt that that's what another reason I felt so honored because I feel like sometimes people feel embarrassed or they feel like, oh, what if they judge me and stuff? And it's like, but that's the whole point of doing this work is so that you release that fear of that experience. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just so proud of you, Kendra. And I'm so honored that I got to work with you and I'm excited for you because I'm like, your post, y'all. She be she. This girl is the travel queen. Okay, she be going places. <laughs> and so I know she has some stuff coming up, um, like planning some international retreats and things like that. Yes. So she is definitely someone to watch for when it comes to building out your yes. ideal lifestyle. Yes. So yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you gave me the opportunity to do this. Um, trying to get to Dubai on Monday, but with all of the um, 
the Omicron strain and all mm. of the cancellations. I'm not mm. sure how that's going to happen, mm. but um, still holding out hope. And I will be doing my virtual retreat at the end of January. Awesome. And then starting my mastermind. Yes. Because I am ready. Yes. And I've done the work so that I can help other people do the work that they need to do. I and love get that. that soul satisfaction. Yeah. So I want you to keep doing. I'm so glad that you are a colleague and my coach because <laughs> I can tell you to keep doing what you're doing. You're making a great difference in the lives oh, of women. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. It's it's not easy putting yourself out there, but it's worth it. Very much so. Yeah, It's worth it. And if you didn't do what you did, then I would probably still be trying to figure out mm. what to do with these triggers mm. and still, you know, letting my light not shine be yeah. under a basket. Yeah. Um, and you have such a big light. light. You have yeah. such a big light and yeah, it, so. it needs to be shined. Cause I feel like when you unlock yours, you unlock others. Yes. We go first. And that's what you did. You unlocked yours. And then I came right behind you and was able to unlock because you put it out there. Aww. If you didn't put it out there, then then I would still be, oh yeah, I'd be a great coach. Yeah. But would I be satisfied at my soul when I show up at these virtual technical meetings? Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Probably not. I even thought about leaving technology because it's gotten to be a little crazy. Yeah. But I belong there. Yeah. I, belong I love there. that. I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kendra, for coming on the podcast and sharing who you are, what you do, what your experience was like. Um, where can people find you if they're interested in connecting with you and your work? So you can go to my website. It's Dream Aloud with Kendra. That's A L O U D with Kendra.com. So you can register for the retreat. Mm -hmm. You'll find out more about my coaching programs as well as um, the mastermind that is coming up. The announcement has not been made yet, but if you're interested in the mastermind and experiencing that soul satisfying lifestyle, mm -hmm. then go to my website and you can find out more information, book a discovery call. Awesome. Thanks again, Kendra. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you, coach. I'm so <laughs> glad you had me. All right. Talk to y'all next time. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.